this is that other sports show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday morning, September 10th, 2022, day before the heavy week one NFL season startup. Man, we got so many games happening. It's insane. I can't wait because I love football. NFL season is back. That means fall weather is going to be hitting up soon after. That means for most of us, pumpkin spice lattes every weekend. We are going to be rolling, folks. NFL season today, we'll give you our picks. Week one, we'll talk the official week one startup, Thursday Night Football, Bills-Rams. Give you a little little breakdown of that game and what we thought and how it went and stars in the game and so on and so forth. But outside of football, we have an insanely packed uh, UFC 279 coming up. Um, and just Nate Diaz, obviously, anything that that guy is involved in is just absolutely insane. <laughs> we all know it. Jay's a California guy. He he understands. He understands the scene. <clears throat> the Diaz brothers, wherever they roll, it's nuts. And if and if it's not nuts, it can get nuts quick. Uh, I I love to tell my story about. Um, I can't remember which UFC it was now. It was uh, headlined Big Nog versus Tim Sylvia. Oh, intro great, heavyweight championship great event I, to be at. I got to be there and see that event live i got to see big nog sub sylvia out but beforehand if you get to be at a live event you get to witness all the crazy like just walking into a fighter in vegas you know you'd be like oh man damn i didn't know you know and they all look normal because it's not like walking into you know an NFL player or something. These guys, you know, their weight ranges from different, you know, sizes and they, they have different shapes and everybody just looks like a normal guy. Well, Nate Diaz and, and uh, his brother, Nick, they don't look like normal guys. You see the Diaz brothers, you recognize them right off the bat. I saw Nate Diaz and his crew. And I mean, he was like probably 12 guys deep yep. all roll into a men's bathroom. <laughs> that fucker up come out high as fuck and it was awesome and then they took pictures with us it was the coolest man i'm telling you i may have an i may have issues with you know how they do the their microphone stuff right and i think that's well documented throughout my twitter and and uh, uh podcast and the show this show and podcast history right like they're 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 how they run their mouse and stuff sometimes can be a little annoying but that's from that's where they're from. That's how they do things. But I'm telling you, upfront and personal, these guys are nice as hell. Pictures with all, all me and my like four other friends. They were all stoned as fuck, and they were just super cool and like just laid back guys. By the way, um, Jay Valdez here. We didn't even we no intros. We're no just, intros. We're just, just jumping into riffing. it. We're just yeah. fucking riffing. Um, Abdiaz brother story, and this is from a WEC. 2002 2003 maybe and um running and nick caesar gracie um we were at a event where 
back in the day <clears throat> at specific MMA events, and you still get this at the lower level uh, MMA events, um, they'll have like round tables where they'll sell a whole table to like a company or to a dojo or whatever. So we were connected to one of these round tables and the Diaz, uh, uh, and because the table was so close to the cage, uh, Nick just fucking decided to come sit at our table and uh, he was an absolute delight and he bullshitted with us for a minute. Um, actually met um, about fucking four or five different dudes that night. Um, Carl Parisian, I think Carl Parisian fought Nate that night. Um, so it was, yeah, it was pretty unique, but Nick was cool as hell. Um, so same, same, same. And uh, yeah, you know what, Jess, I was thinking as long as we've been doing the show, they just be, they just get into a lot of shit. I mean, that's well, yeah. do, it's well documented how they've been able to shake up the, the industry of combat sports. And I love to tweet about, and I love to talk about on this show, uh, chaos in combat sports. It's what makes it truly fun, right? Are they are they um, not the true representatives of chaos? In they're combat like sports? The, they're like the Mount Rushmore. Exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. It's a if there's a Mount Rushmore of chaos in combat sports, it's like those two, Connor. What about Tito? Maybe- Does Tito make the Mount Rushmore? Do you do Tito or do you do like Brock? For some reason, I want to stick Brock there. I love sticking Brock in mixed martial arts stuff because combat sports stuff. That was in Japan doing wild shit. They get crazy. Combat sports fans get nuts, but I love sticking Brock into combat sports situations. But you might be right. That's a good one. Uh, That's a really good one. Tito's a nutbag. I think those might be the four. I think those are the four. Tito might put, you might put Tito over. That's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> but the Diaz brothers belong there. They're one and two for sure. And listen, here's what we have to start on Twitter with the uh, at Team Toss 21, of course. Shout out you at JTT81. Um, we've got to start a Mount Rushmore of chaos in combat sports. And I, but I don't want to do boxing because then it just gets wild because you got the Mike Tyson in there. Um, maybe Fernando Vargas. Yeah. I'm thinking, uh, oh, fucking Mayorga, Ricardo Mayorga. <laughs> oh, Jesus, those guys. Look, look, I think stuff in his bag. Yo, yo, <laughs> I think Mayorga, I think I, now that I'm thinking about Mayorga is like one. I'm like, like, I mean, Tyson bit a dude, but I mean, like, my, Moyorga was just like Moyorga has like a highlight reel of chaos in camp in combat sports, from like the street fights to like the smoking in the ring to like what he was doing in the ring to like what the the press conference shit like that man was built different. Yeah, he might be the one. He might be one 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 a. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, let me get back on. Let's get back on track here, Jess, because we're already yeah, so while we're we getting got, back on we track, we got a fight while, card. While we we're getting back card. on track. Uh, again, Jay, Jay, uh, he, uh, he, he gave you the uh, Twitter stuff. I'm going to give you the Twitter stuff one more time. Uh, proper introductions. Uh, my name is Jesse Thomas. So I've been doing this show for well over 10 years. You can follow me on Twitter at JTT81. Uh, my counterpart on the other end here, holding it down, uh, holding down California like no other is the great Jason Valdez. You can follow Jay at uh, Valdez spelled backwards, folks. Spelled backwards. Valdez spelled backwards. Five five nine. 
And then, of course, please follow the show. We are here at uh, that other sports show. We've been doing this show for a grip. Yes. Uh, we just restarted. We rebooted, so to speak, the show. Here we are doing that right now. Uh, you can follow that at uh, Team Toss Twenty One. All that on Twitter. It's our favorite uh, go-to social social media site. Yes, and we're going to use that and just start throwing up. Who is your com- chaos in combat sports? Mixed martial arts only. Only mixed martial arts, not boxing. We're going to try and figure out who the Mount Rushmore is. I think we might have figured it out, but I want to see some other names. I'm sure someone's going to throw in some random names. Maybe like a fucking, uh, like a Vanderlei Silva. We might be missing Vanderlei or maybe a Chael. We might be missing those guys. What about a Josh Barnett? What about a what? What about a Bones Jones? There's guys. Yeah. There's there's weird and interesting ones. Um, Bones never forget. Uh, still their pussy. Like there's that's that's gonna go ran over forever. I mean, but also that you still their pussy. To me, you still their pussy. Or you still their <laughs> pussy to me is the ultimate. Like to see the reaction of Daniel Cormier when Jones says that, and he just says it so cold and concise. Like that is just a guy. That was looking to stir up some shit. He was looking for chaos. He was looking to stir the fucking pot. All right. So, Jess, uh, we've got an itinerary here. We've got a blueprint. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to recap. We're going to do the who you got on these fights. UFC 279. God damn, we're almost close to 300 of these motherfuckers. I know. Can you believe we're going to hit 300? Unbelievable. So I uh, hope we do. Fucking uh, fingers crossed. We live to make it there. And uh, <laughs> what is that, two years away? <laughs> Who fucking knows? Biden, <laughs> so, uh, Biden, take your finger off the button. We're not yo, ready to go yet. Yo, let's do a long story short on this, right? So <laughs> the, the initial card was pretty mid, right? Let's keep yeah. it 100. Let's keep it a buck, folks. A lot of people weren't talking about it outside of Diaz versus Chimaev was the matchup. It wasn't really drawing up the attention that a lot of people wanted. I don't even know who Holland was fighting prior to this. I couldn't tell you all the other matchups prior to this. It was pretty off the radar. I was honestly a lot more focused on the football, and I'm honestly a lot more focused on Canelo Triple G, which is next weekend. But uh, shit happens, right? Chaos in combat sports happens, Jess. And something happens behind a curtain which is so fucking uh, chaotic that Dana is shook. We've seen Dana do hundreds of these press conferences throughout the years in different states and different countries in different venues. But this one, he's shook, he's rattled. Dude, I can see it, Jess. I don't know if you can see it. And uh, this fucking thing lasted, what, 10, 12, 15 minutes tops? It's like, nah, we're pulling the plug. We're pulling the fucking plug. This thing's over. Um, any thoughts on this initially, Jess? The only the, the here's the here's the main thought is this. I'm sure that there's been plenty of scraps and rumbles in the back uh, yes. behind, behind closed curtains. I'm sure it happens a lot. I mean, Jay, you have testified on this show hundreds of times that to be a true mixed martial artist, to 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 purposefully go into a cage and lock yourself inside of it with another human being with the afterthought to go in and just wreck another human being's life for 15 to 25 minutes it means you're wired different you're you're not right there's there's something different about you that's why you can do what you do so of course these guys are going to lose their shit they're they're gonna they're gonna go off the map a little bit uh when things get tense but here's my main takeaway is what you hit on with dana white 
Dana White did look shook. Dana White, I don't think I've ever seen him completely shook. He's he's given the appearance of being shaken, a little rattled to to to, to kind of like you know show the people like, hey, I'm not a sociopath. Like I totally get this. Like bad things happen. I'm a little bit shook up here. You know this kind of you know this rock my world for a few minutes. If it's not me, please anybody else out there listening, go to Team Toss Twenty One at Twitter.com. And let us know, but I feel like Dana, in his older age now, he's you know a year older. He's another year into this business. Things have changed. Mickey Mouse is taking shit over, and he looks a bit more shaken, a bit more concerned when this happened, when it went down, than he normally does. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but he just looked a little bit off, a little more off than normal. I can also see a scenario where he goes, okay, this guy got a dozen dudes in his fight camp. And this dude has a dozen dudes in his fight camp. And this dude's got seven or eight dudes in his fight camp. So now we got about fuck 25, 20, 30 people. I don't fucking know. I'm doing fucking Steiner math at this point again. <laughs> and uh, so uh, what, you know, what do we, what do we do? We got three security guards. We got three fucking cops. I got fucking two guys here. I got fucking Tiki running around there. What am I going to do? And uh, maybe he just realized, okay, we're outnumbered. And maybe fucking Tiki went back there and said, Hey, listen, I, I can cool the fucking, I can, I can cool shit off. But ultimately, this ain't enough. And that's when Dana decided, all right, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm pulling the plug. Something happened. Oh, um, my man misses weight. That's the next thing that happens, Jess. So then we have uh, an, egregious, an egregious, if you will, mate, wait, uh, weight miss uh, by GMF. And uh, it's pretty bad, right? What can you say? I mean, it's 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 almost obnoxious. Um Things happen, right? Things happen with yeah. Cosmo. Who knows what it was? Maybe he just can't make that weight anymore. Maybe he saw Nate's um, just kind of not giving a fuck about stuff. His flippance, his, if you will. His I'm sorry. Nate's always flipping. Nate's always fucking flipping. So maybe Cosmo's seeing this and going, well, fuck. Who knows if this fight's even going to happen? I'm, who gives a fuck? I don't even give a fuck about making weight at this point. Jess, go ahead. I was gonna say his his tweet afterwards was great though. Ch- Chamez, uh, his tweet with uh him and Darren Till's face kind of blown up like a bunch of fatty, yes. and he's like, yes. "Not his fault." Like you know, Dar- Darren That's Till's good. like a That's much good. bigger guy. Like That's I love good. how he's playing it off. I I think that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna crawl under the skin of fans and your promoter at the same time in in order to your pay numbers. This is that's a great way. Like, oh yeah, most guys when they miss weight, they're like, oh man, it's the scale's fault. Oh man, the guy held the towel weird. They had me stand strange, man. It gave me an extra couple ounces. I didn't miss shit. The scale, like, the, the scale at the hotel, and the scale here, and the yeah. scale yesterday, and the scale today, and the scale two hours. Ch- ago. Scale like, in the back. Uh, he's like, fuck it, man. I did miss weight. Fuck it. I'm a fatty. Let's do. Care. I'm like, still here to fight. I'm he, still he took, here to fight. I still smash. He took it, yeah. Smish. I, I smash. I, I kill you in the so ring. Just, something happens. More chaos. Now my man is missing weight. Okay, so now we've got more chaos. We've got equality chaos here. Uh, and then, then something happens. We start seeing all these crazy tweets about uh, 
does Nate have a sunset contract where as long as he makes weight, he doesn't have to fight. He can walk and he's out of his contract. We start seeing, nah, man, fucking Nate's talking about signing a fucking other two fight contract deal. We see, oh no, actually, if this fight doesn't happen, he's going to be like Nagano where he's going to have to fucking sit for the rest of 2022 and they'll be released in 2023. We start seeing all this chaotic fucking lawyers and, and contractual guys and, and but no one really knows shit right there's no factual evidence no one really knows shit it's just a lot of fucking what ifs and what and when when did he sign his contract was it before fucking 2012 and before this and before this company sees this company it's absolute fuck chaos and then we start hearing the rumors well uh you know kevin holland was fucking looking for the action with cosmot that's kind of fucking where it happened Maybe they were fuck kicks and throw kicks and fuck punch thrown. Anyway, these guys want to get at each other. There's fucking weight issues. They're gonna agree to a fucking fight. Uh, Tony, Tony, and Nate want to fight. Nate's fucking dissatisfied. Nate's all over the place. Tony's here. They all agree to it. Something fucking happens. Something happens, Jess. A lot of things must happen, right? There's moving parts. It's chaos, if you will, again. And uh, here we are. They do the Yahtzee with the fucking uh, three uh, with six people's fucking uh, fight nights, and now we've got our card. Turns out to be a pretty solid, at least main event card. So yes, we That's we get. Touching. I mean, That's all we're touching. You got Nate Diaz, like I was talking about in the beginning. Like Nate Diaz, like him, love him, hate him, whatever. He moves the needle. Him and his brother both. So you have him in the main event. And then now, instead of him, you know, I, in my prediction would have been, hey, man, he's going to get smashed. You know, yes. I mean, that was my prediction. Smash, going to get smashed all I over. I had zero interest in this fight, Jess. I had but, zero interest in Diaz versus Cosmo. But now the interest level has risen. Not only yes. you have all the chaos, you have all the all the steps that Jay's just walking Thinking about buying this fucker now. Now you are thinking about buying it. You're thinking about, you know, you're at least going to steal it, you know, and, yes. and and stream that shit illegally, right? Like, I mean, 100%. Nate Diaz is now fighting Tony Ferguson. And Tony Ferguson is another one of those guys on that scale of chaos. Tony Ferguson fights chaotic. He is he is the ultimate chaotic ultimate fighter. I mean, no one else does capoeira kicks uh, like uh, every single fight, but Tony does. Tony does all the crazy stuff in the cage and, and, and uh, his interviews generally get kind of twisted and, and weird. He's he's face to face, nose to nose, mouth to mouth with dudes on stage when he's he's doing face off pictures. Tony's a weird guy. So now you have, you know, Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz. If you don't want to buy the pay-per-view because of that fight, well, then knock down to when where Kazmat is going to fight. He's fighting Kevin Holland. Holland's a backyard brawler, man. Holland is no joke. But he's he, he's refined his game. And we're gonna yeah. let's jump in. Let's just jump right into these fights, Jess. Let's kind of hammer through these first yeah. three fights. No disrespect to anyone on the undercard. We're just trying to keep it moving here because we got about 45 minutes of quality time. And we got 15 NFL games, I believe, we have to pick. Johnny Walker is a slight underdog. He is fighting good the ball. I'm butchering his name, of course. Uh, he is a, he is a, a plus 220 favorite, if you want. Uh, Jess, who you got? 
Uh, I think uh, I, I think uh, what we're going to see is a, a different style Johnny Walker. I, I want to see a full, complete fighter Johnny Walker. I think that's what we're going to see today, or at least close enough to that image. I'm going to go Johnny Walker decision. Yeah, I don't know if Johnny Walker's ever going to become the wrestler, and I think if Kutabalta wants to wrestle, he's going to be able to beat him easily. I'm going to go the opposite way. I think that I think uh, Walker has to keep it standing and knock him out. If he doesn't knock him out within the first three to five minutes, he's going to either break in the third round or uh, lose two of the three rounds. Uh, so I'm going opposite way. Uh, I'm butchering names here. Chiasun versus Aldana. Aldana is a sly favorite, Jess. Who you got? I think Aldon is striking this slick. Uh, I think he's he's uh, Gee. he should. I, I think that they they should. Uh, I think they should be uh, favored in this fight, and I'm, I'm that's who I'm going with. Yeah, short one here. Macy's fun to watch sometimes, um, but it's a catch rate fight. I know these girls couldn't make weight. I'm gonna lean Aldana, Aldana, because she's a Mexican. I'm going with Mexican here. Uh, decision, going decision here as well. Here's where the, here's where it gets interesting. Jing Ling, listen, Twitter was talking about this guy's suit, and he was looking pretty fucking flavorful. I'm not going to lie. My man was looking fucking, uh, he was looking scrumptious, right? When you pay that kind of money for that kind of suit, you got to look absolutely scrumptious. My man didn't even get to break it out. So hopefully, I want him to win just so he can break out the suit and look fresh and not look all beat up in the face, look fresh in the suit. Um, he's taking on Rodriguez. And, and, and I'll tell you something, Jess, I was thinking about this earlier in the, in the car on the way home. Um, I, when I watched Daniel Rodriguez fight, I remember recently thinking, I like watching this guy fight. His fighting style is entertaining. So these two fights stylistically should be entertaining. Uh, with that said, Jess, uh, Rodriguez is a slight favorite here with the minus 155. Jess, who you got? He should, man. Daniel Rodriguez is no slouch, man. This guy's got hands for days. And mm -hmm. uh Got a few su uh, submission wins to to go along with uh, his knockouts that, that he's he's collected along the way, sixteen and two. I think that he's more of an up and comer than uh, even at his uh, semi advanced age. I think that he's got some time to uh, progress in this sport and, and continue to leave a, a mark on it. Jing Lang is going to be all power guy. We've seen it. We've seen him fight a few times here and there in the UFC. We know what he's all about out there trying to throw big heavy-handed strikes he's gonna look for knockouts he's he's not gonna really necessarily uh, necessarily try to wrestle you down uh i'm gonna go opposite i think uh, daniel rodriguez continues his winning and his winning ways and uh picks up a huge win against jing lang and uh he should be somewhere in the uh talking at least of the welterweight division top five yeah, I I really do want to pick Rodriguez in this fight, but again, I'm going with Jingle Ling. Just feels right. like feels like a toss up fight, stylistically. Like you said, these guys are going to come and bang. Might be might be whoever lands that first good combination rocks the other guy because both these guys can punch and strike to finish. I'm going Jingling. Um, all right, here we are, Jess. Co main events. Such a weird, uh, such a real world we live in where these two guys can get into almost a street fight and in 24 hours be making more money and fighting in a co-main event. Um, Holland, Kevin trailblazed to the top Holland versus Kazma Chama. Chimiyav. Jess, who you got? Credit. And I think that you were talking about it earlier, how he's a, he's a bit more refined in his mm -hmm. fighting as well as his wrestling and the usage. Mm -hmm wrestling he's not just out there trying to grab guys and throw them down yeah there, there is a bit of a refinement to it there is a bit of science now 
to Kevin Holland. Yep. Uh, sometimes, though, sometimes when you have to go that technical route, sometimes it takes away from your natural ability. Sometimes it slows you down. The process, stand and bang, bro. The process is not natural anymore. Now you're thinking. You're, you're trying mm-hmm. to get ahead. What am I going to do now? What's the next step? Where Where's my next move coming from? I'm not saying Kevin Holland can't think like that. A lot of us can't. I know I can't. I have to have time or else I have to just go in there and, like Jay said, just bang it out. Uh, I'm going to go uh, – Chemayev, his wrestling is, is amazing. We all know that. Uh, his IQ is getting better. Um, and more importantly, if he does hit you, it's going to hurt a lot. This man has, he carries very heavy hands and he's got some slick submissions to go along with that. I think Chimev is going to come in here. He's going to handle his business. He's going to move on. He's going to ask for, uh, possibly Diaz afterwards. Uh, if I was Chimev, I'd be uh, begging for title shots after this. I know it's not going to happen right now, especially after those. Yeah. But this guy has nothing but gold on his mind. You know, it's unique because I would assume after all this bullshit, he might be in Dana's doghouse. And I think being connected to guys will only get you so far, especially if those guys aren't profitable to Dana anymore. And it's one thing when he's connected to Khabib, when Khabib is there and they need Khabib, you know what I'm saying, to fight. Now that Khabib's gone, he's out of the picture. So so it feels like Kazmat's almost uh, a little bit more expendable. But um, this is a bit of a, of a tougher matchup for him. It's not Gilbert Burns, but it is a tougher matchup. This, to me, is just a bad stylistic matchup for Holland. He's just not ready for someone with the grappling ability of Agreed. a Cosmot. He's, he, and I, I, at this point, I'm of the opinion of can, can Holland last five rounds? And I don't know if he can. I know he's tougher than a mother. And I, but I think he's got maybe four or five rounds before, and before that dog in him just it just gets him too far and Holland just gets choked out. He just catches him in a choke or something like that. He gives up his back because he's just tired. Cause this is this is Cosmad's zone and he trained for a five round main event. So um I'm obviously going, not too well yeah. though. He's missing weight and all. So and, Cos, and, and he's a plus five he's a plus fucking five hundred for a reason, Jess. Like there's a reason he's an enormous dog, and there's an a re- reason that Cosmat's an enormous favorite because stylistically Vegas thinks the same shit. Now, do I think Holland can catch him? And do I think if Cosmat goes, I want to stand and bang because I stood and bang with Gilbert Burns, and that means I can stand with everybody. I think that's where you get the unique perspective that you have, Jess, where Holland doesn't necessarily train um his striking for mma he's just a fighter and he throws yeah. wild crazy shit and cosmo may not be ready for that he can get caught he can get caught in those wild ass exchanges but i'm going cosmo fucking stop and i want to say round five but it wouldn't be surprised if he gets stopped around four just we've made it to the main event this is the everybody respects these guys this is a salute to combat sports and chaos and combat sports into the Diaz brothers, and Lord knows what Nate's going to do next. Maybe he boxes. Maybe he fights in Bellator. Maybe he fights fucking in Japan. Who knows what he does? He does whatever the fuck. Who knows if he ever fights again? He does whatever the fuck he wants. I think he just said in some interview he wants to fight for like another few years over some shit. Who knows? This guy's how the fucking time it says dumb shit. Let me know. I know from experience. Sometimes you just be saying dumb shit. And then you're like, damn, I said that shit out loud. I said that shit on the, on the podcast. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, Jess, Nate Diaz is a fucking slight 
underdog here. This is almost a pick at a minus 125 for Ferguson and a plus 105 for Nasty Nate. Um, we love Tony. Again, this is just a salute to both of these guys. I think this sucks that someone's got to lose this fight. I hope whoever loses this fight, the winner fucking picks them up off the ground, raises their hand, and they have that little moment of respect. With that said, Jess, who you got? Yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a total WWE moment where like two icons in, in, in the ring, like just no battle. ROH, Jess, ROH, they shake yeah. each other's hands like Wheeler Utah. That, that's what and we're gonna have. Garcia just did. Exactly, one hundred percent. You know that that's that's what we're gonna have. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus uh, Garcia type moment, and 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 these two have they've already shown more respect than than they would have for their other opponent. Uh, at the at the their way in and face off, you know Nate. You know they they do the fist up, and then afterwards Nate was like, "Hey man, like shake shook Tony's hand." Tony like kind of embraced him for a moment. They had a minute's talk. I mean, these two, again, the if, dislike or like the Diaz brothers, their commitment to the uh, the the thought, the theory behind mixed martial arts the theory behind you know bruce lee and all his training and and and, uh, teachings about combat sports those type of things like they they carry that with them it's just when they're in front of a camera and on a mic sometimes like jay said dumb shit happens and 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 some things uh, are said but these two carry themselves with the respect for the sport and if the other, if their opponent also respects the sport, you see that respect for the opponent. And that's that's what I think is going to make this match so special. Nate Diaz is going to be the best Nate that he can possibly be, and Tony is going to be the best Tony that he can be. And we're going to see some wild things in that cage. With that being said, uh, I I have to give the nod to Tony Ferguson in this fight uh, for for the holy for shit fact that Tony is on a huge losing streak right now. You're talking four losses in a row, but these losses are to Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira, Dariush, and Chandler. Those are like basically the gauntlet from hell to have to go and fight, and this guy is just fighting everybody. And some fights he's getting whooped, some fights he's in it until the very end, but I think that because of the action that he's been in, and and then in comparison to the That Nate has been in. I think that's going to play a huge part. We all saw what happened to Nick back a, a few months uh, ago in his triumphant return, which didn't end uh, so triumphantly. Uh, yeah, the lack of fighting, even in comparison to training every day, if you're not actually fighting every few months or you know twice a year or whatever it might be, you just kind of lose that edge. You lose that 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 uh, competitiveness. That, va- that 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 Vegas life her fucking beat up Nick something fierce the few years he's been living there too. Yeah. I'll tell you that. So again, with that, all that being said, I think this fight's gonna be great. It's a much better matchup, a much better needle mover, and an eye grabber for the fans, especially for the fans who aren't necessarily super into the sport, but just want a reason to drink and yell and scream, you know, on a Saturday night. This is just this be is their, prehistoric, just be a caveman. <laughs> exactly. This is their reason to buy the pay-per-view and then just sit around and drink with buddies all night long. This is going to be a yes. great fight. I got Tony Ferguson decision. Kind of feels a little bit throwback MMA. Kind of feels a little bit NHB. I'll give you that, Jess. Um, I don't like Tony getting knocked out like four months ago as badly as he got knocked out by Chandler. And uh, 
you come back and you fight even less than six months. Like when you get knocked out like that, dude, I think you need to take like six months off. That, that's just me. I mean, I, if everyone operates differently, man. And combat sports is a mother and the paydays are only there while they're there. But man, dude, I just not the biggest fan. Stylistically, you would think, okay, well, Nate's not this enormous power puncher that's just going to fucking sleep Tony the same way that Chandler did. But it don't matter because an accumulation of punches of someone that might that is you know that just got knocked out for like that badly four months ago um, that could be some shit. Also, Nate throws high kicks, that could be bad. Um, is it a battle of attrition? And and I'm wondering who has more left in the tank. And these are two dudes that are pretty weathered in in regards to MMA standards, combat sports standards. Um, stylistically i think that tony is a little bit better standing and he does have a little bit more pop in those gloves but man i don't know i'm just a fuck california boy and i'm just i'm fucking root. i'm rooting for fucking nate 100 i'm going nate i'm going i think nate's gonna fucking catch tony sometime in that fourth or fifth round with a combination, and this is going to be a war in my opinion. I think these guys are going to beat the shit out of each other. So maybe it doesn't go four or five rounds. Maybe it goes three rounds. There will be blood, 100%. Yes, yes. yes. 100%. One, yes, yes. Um, I Maybe these guys just beat the, the tar out of each other for fucking three rounds, and then someone just crumbles round four. I think it's Nate. I think Nate last. Um, I think Nate outlasts Tony in a, in, a, in a battle of attrition. And he gets a stop somewhere in round four. He'll get one of those referee stops. So we're just watching Tony kind of get battered and we're doing the, all right, Herb, you going to fucking stop this? Or what are we doing here? Like, he's okay. He's fuck pretty big. Kind of like what happened with Nate and Robbie. Um, so that's where I'm going. I'm going Nate late round four. Jess, we finished our MMA for the week. I have thelines.com up. And we're just going to hit fucking football games. I don't want to spend a ton of time on bad games. And I don't know what we're figuring are bad games and good games. But I'm not not spending a ton of time on this. New Orleans is a fucking five-point favorite at Atlanta. Who you got? Uh, I got the Saints in this one. Uh, I think the Saints are going to be a little bit better than what most people believe. I think Jameis Winston is going to be a slightly better version of Jameis Winston than we've seen in the past. And boy, weapons. Michael Thomas is back and injury prone or not. Uh, when he's healthy, Michael Thomas at what he does. And then you add a couple of those rookies like Chris Olav out there from Ohio State, just a little speedster. You can line them up on the inside or the outside. And let's not uh, forget that defense has been a generally tough defense for the past few years. And they didn't really lose anybody on the defensive side of the ball. I got New Orleans. Uh, I like New Orleans to win. I don't like the five and a half. Week one's going to be weird. This feels like a three or a four point win for New Orleans. Uh, this is an interesting game. Shout out Chris W. Powers. Um, the Chicago Bears are at home. JF1 is behind center. And uh, they're playing the San Francisco 49ers who travel pretty well. They're as high as a seven. I see six and a half at different spots. Jess, who you got? That's a crazy line. Um I think this game will also be closer than that. I would take. Mm. I think it'll be like a like a three point game or something. I don't think it's going to be anything nuts. Uh, 
part of that reason is because I'm not in the group of the Trey Lance lovers. I, 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 this is I, interesting I, to me. I it's too to, early, though, Jess. It Isn't is. it too early to say? That's my point. I need to see him on the field. I need to see action. I need to see him three, four, six weeks down the road. I need to see where the Niners are at then, where he, he he's come along. So right now, I don't want to sit there and say, like, I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff, like, as far as him possibly being in consideration for the MVP running at the end of the year. I just I just don't understand where all, a lot of this comes from. Saying he's terrible. Uh, did enjoy one year of North Dakota State football. So if that's what it takes to become the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, God bless them. But uh, I, in this game, however, this is what we're talking about is the game, the Bears and the 49ers. Uh, I think Justin Fields still needs to be refined as well as a quarterback. And I think that he still needs a lot more help than what the Bears have given him. <laughs> and I, I would take the under on the seven points, but uh, I am taking the 49ers in this game. Uh, Niners by 10. I have a few different thoughts here. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this game, but um, I think this is a close competitive game. Uh, might be like uh, 10, 13 at halftime, and then it gets away from Chicago late. Um, the days, okay, so first of all, Jess, this is one of those weeks, especially the last 10 days, where you're getting a lot of just hot fucking NFL takes from every channel, ESPN, Fox, they've brought back everybody, everybody's rested, everybody's off of vacation, Stephen A, fucking Mad Dog, all these fuckers, all, calling all these schmucks, and they're ready to unleash fucking hot takes. The um, let me also say this as well, Jess. So, I, I again obligatory, I watch more San Francisco 49er games than anybody last season, including the Dallas Cowboys. So, I saw Lance, and you see flashes of oh, he's good. You also see flashes of he's put in the right system to flourish. Um, I've seen that with Mitchell Trubisky as well. So, I don't uh, that, and I'm not saying that in a positive. So whether he can be an MVP, well, schematically, if he ends up having a Lamar Jackson type year for a team that could win 12 or 13 games, not saying that he will, Jess, just saying he can't. If, then yeah, of course he will be in that running, but uh, Niners by 10. The Pittsburgh Steelers are uh, touchdown to six and a half across the point board, dog to who day. Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC representative in the Super Bowl last year. Jess, Cincinnati is at home. Who you got? Yeah, the Bengals at home versus the Steelers. Uh, again, I think if you go back to uh, our last show, Pickums, uh, all 32 NFL teams, by the way, all 32 NFL teams. You can see that on Apple Podcasts. You can go see it through this, this website as well and Spotify, that other sports show. Anyway, uh, I think that this – going to be a bit better than what a lot of pundits think that the Steelers are going to be. I think whether it's Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett in the pocket, uh, either of those quarterbacks are not going to necessarily be difference makers, but they will be able to flash the ball around enough to the right guys. Uh, It's a great system. Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame coach. And when you have a Hall of Fame coach in front of your football team, usually good things happen. (laughs) That's why we've seen Bill Belichick lead, you know, a Patriots team without Tom Brady, you know, to the playoffs and do it with a pretty mediocre football team because the head coach makes a difference. Mike Tomlin is a difference maker. Uh, but in this game at home, coming off that stretch where they almost won a Super Bowl, 
I think that the Bengals are going to be fired up and hungry. There's an, there's an adverse effect to winning the Super Bowl. We saw that, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit. And then there's a positive effect when you come close to winning the Super Bowl. It makes you hungrier than you were when you were trying to reach the Super Bowl in the first place. I like the Bengals. I like Joe Cool Burrow. Hollywood Burrow is going to – he's going to hit it on all cylinders. He's got uh, all of his, his favorite receivers back, including a couple of new ones like Hayden Hurst out there at the tight end position. That defense is still going to put up <laughs> some stacks. And the, the only thing the Bengals have to worry about is keeping Joe Burrow upright. I, I got the Bengals. Yeah, I think the Steelers struggle scoring these first few games. And I think this is a game where the Bengals are just going to run a little bit more efficiently. This feels like a 28-17, to 24-20 type score to me. So I don't like the six and a half or the seven, but I do like the Bengals. Yeah. Um, the Eggles are a four and a half to a five point favorite. They're on the road. They're playing Detroit. Jess, I will be bearing Detroit all year. Who you got? Uh, I will also be bearing Detroit all year. Dan Campbell, you are a maniac, but I don't think that you know how to. He's an incredible. Hey, he's an incredible retweet. He's like, a motivator. Boy, he's a motivator. He? he should be like uh, that big, you know, seven foot tall guy, Tony Robbins or whatever, out there motivating people all the time, just getting in their face and yelling at them and curse words and slur words at them and just mm-hmm. get them all fired up. But as far as the football coach, he cannot coach. And if anything, even if he could coach, this Detroit Lions team is not very good. They've got some nice pieces, but they probably <laughs> won't be there in a few years. Jared Goff, baby hands Goff, is a mediocre at best quarterback. I can't believe he led a team to a Super Bowl, but so did Trent Dilfer. Uh, I've got the Eagles in this one. Jalen Hurts is going to put on a show. That that uh, Lions defense is terrible. It's going to be the Jalen Hurts show all day long. The uh, Eagles enthusiasts who have picked them to go far, picked them to win the NFC East, picked them to possibly be in the Super Bowl because they have a lot of faith in Jalen Hurts. They will be rubbing their own tits this week when they beat the Lions by like 10 or 13 points. (laughs) The Miami Dolphins are a three and a half point favorite at home to the New England Patriots. A little AFC East beef. Jess, who you got? Uh, the three and a half, I think, is pretty average. Three points, mm-hmm. the home team, right? So mm-hmm. we're not freaking out about that score. Mm-hmm. I do think the Dolphins are going to beat the Patriots. I, I think the Patriots are going to be yeah, – they're going to start this season, like you said, Jay, about the Steelers, a little bit unprepared. They're still trying to work that new offense in. They're still trying to ring, uh, to, to iron out some of those wrinkles that they've been adding over the offseason. And let's face it, things, news and reports out of Patriots camp is Mac Jones has not looked very sharp. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take him a few games to get back into midseason form. Literally, it could take him till midseason. So I've got the Dolphins to uh, and Tyreek Hill show to win game one. Feels like a seven or a 10 point win late at home for Miami. Um, I agree with everything you just said. Echo the statement about Mac Jones. The spotlight is going to be on him this year if they come out and lose those first two or three games or they go like one and three and he looks just average and made as fuck. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens are a six and a half. That is across the board. I was looking for a seven. I don't see it. Six and a half across the board. They're traveling to the New York football Jets. I don't even Oh, Flacco Wacko. It's starting quarterback here, Jess. Uh, uh, 
the Jets have lost several offensive linemen this offseason. They just signed, uh, I believe, Dwayne Brown. Oh. I'm not even sure if he played last season. Uh, the reports were that he came in out of shape. Uh, the Jets, I think, right now, from a lot of bad injuries, including at the quarterback position where they thought they had the quarterback of their future. He gets hurt. Now he's going to be out for the first three or four games of the season. They're going to have to play Joe Flacco. Playing Joe Flacco is not the worst quarterback scenario that you could have come across. But let's face it, guys, it's not the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Baltimore defense, insanely mean and rough, and they are nasty group. And uh, I, I can see this uh, being a lower scoring game, something like a 17-10, you know, 17-13 maybe. But the Ravens defense will get this job done, and the Ravens will come out with a win. Yeah, this to me feels more uh, like a 10-13 to 13 point win. Ravens late. Um, I can see a scenario where it's Lamar ain't doing shit, Lamar ain't doing shit, and it's 10-13 to 13 at halftime and going into the third quarter. And then all of a sudden you just have those three drives where you look at it and it's like, oh, Lamar had 60 yards on his own and they scored a touchdown. Yeah, oh, yeah. the next yard, the next drive he had 70 yards on his own between rushing and throwing and they had a field goal. Oh, the next drive he had 65 yards because he worked with a short field and he had a fucking little, uh, a little screener for a touchdown pass to one of these random running backs. And now all of a sudden they're, they're up big. This is that type of game. And uh, I'm going Ravens big. And uh, this is the FU Lamar season. I think he's going to he, – I think he's pissed because he didn't get paid. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this ends, Jess, really quickly. Um, would not be surprised if the Ravens say, FU, we're not paying you. We don't pay quarterbacks. We paid Flacco. We learned from that. And uh, he walks. Don't know if it happens. Just wouldn't be surprised. Um, Jess, Jacksonville, they are a three-point underdog versus – the Washington football team. I think they're called the Renegades now or some shit. The Commanders. Um, no, command, the Click Commanders. That's the Click Commanders. 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 Um, three, point, three points at home, Washington. Uh, who you got? Uh, I think if you're, a, if you're a Washington football fan, and that's what I'm referring to them as, I, I hate the name Commanders. So the Washington, if you're a Washington football fan, you should be and feel very disrespected at the, the three points at home. I think that this is a much better football team than that. And the only reason Vegas has given you the line of three points at home <laughs> is because no one has faith in Carson Wentz to move the ball up and down the field. That's it. Let's be real here. Let's be honest. No one has faith in Carson Wentz. And so I, if, you're a football, if you're a Washington football fan, please, folks, get to the airwaves. Start shouting out your feelings because you should all be very pissed off right now. I think the Commanders win. Uh, I think they win easily. I don't think that Jacksonville has had enough time to gel with these young players. I think Trevor Lawrence still is going to need six to eight games before he gets it. The light bulb turns on. I think that uh, there's also the case where Trevor Lawrence never gets his light bulb turned on. Mm. And then he's that mediocre, long, beautiful-haired, flowing-in-the-wind quarterback Mm. that everyone put on magazine covers. Uh, Washington, by much more three points, take that number and go. Do you think uh, Lawrence could be top 15 quarterback this year? You think that's the ceiling? I think, yeah. I think if you were going to give Trevor Lawrence for this season – uh, uh, somewhere in that one to whatever range. I think 15. Uh, somewhere in that 15, uh, that, that you know, 12 to 15 mark is the ceiling for him this season. Wow, that's high. I don't know if that's high. I'm sorry. It's mid. It's m- 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 yeah, mid. I don't, 
You know, I don't want. I don't. I don't know if I agree with all that, Jess. I'll be honest with you. I think, he, be, I think this will be interesting for us to watch because I think that you and I have different visions for uh, the kid. I think Lawrence still has a lot of upside, and he's just too young to stick a fork in, much like Lance. Um, yep. I, I, this is the first upset special that I got. I like the Jags here. Here we go. I think three. I, I don't see the three points as disrespect. I think that no one's going to have faith in the commanders. And there's a reason I agree with you with the Carson Wentz thing. I think right now, a lot of teams would take Trevor Lawrence this season over Carson Wentz as well. Um, I I think this is going to be one of these silly scenarios where the Jags fuck around and throw two more touchdowns in Washington and end up winning like 20 to 20 to six or something stupid like that. Cause Washington's just going to struggle scoring. This is going to be one of those games where as a fantasy owner of scary Terry McLaurin and Jess, I am one in our league. I think you're going to be like, damn, this guy has a ton of potential and he only got like three targets and I fucking hate the world because of it. Um, (laughs) So right now I am seeing that the Cleveland Browns, oops, I did not mean to do that. The Cleveland Browns are a fucking pick them or a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road versus Carolina. McCaffrey's playing, right, Jess? Yeah, McCaffrey was ruled healthy, so he's playing. Okay. Up. Is, and who the fuck is Cleveland's starting quarterback again? I already forgot. Uh, I believe it's going to be Jacoby Brissett. I love that kid. All right, Jess, who you got? Good play. <laughs> oh, this is the – dude, this is the Baker FU game, and it's a one-and-a-half-point underdog? Okay, Jess, who you got? I'm ready. Let's go. Much like what we were talking about earlier with this UFC card, right? You have all the drama that leads to now you're interested. Now you want to watch. This game, on any, other, on any given Sunday, no one would give two shits about the Cleveland Browns versus the Carolina Panthers. That is a fact. I, I don't care who you are. you Browns fan or a Panthers fan. You don't give two shits about this game. But because of today – because of the off the off season drama, because of the quarterback changes, because of all the things that have happened, everybody wants to watch this game. And this is, as Jay beautifully put it, the ba- Baker said it himself. He said, "Fuck these guys. I'm going to go in there and throw yes. five touchdowns. I'm going to show yes. these I'm taking the Carolina Panthers because a healthy, strong armed Baker Mayfield." And then add the, the the fact that he's pissed. He's going to go in there and tear the shit out of the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns have a much better defense. They have the better collective team than the Carolina Panthers. But I'm telling you right now, the Baker FU game is going to happen. It's not going to be some 42-10 to 10 blowout. You're talking about 17-13, something like that. You know, 21-17, 21-16. But the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield are going to find a way to win this game. I'm putting money on that right now. Baker, be a man and just say, "Yeah, you know what? I did tell that girl, fuck the Browns. We're going to I'm going to beat their fucking ass." <laughs> yeah, you know what? I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because they brought I got replaced by a dude that fucking tried to force a lot of girls to fondle his dick. So yeah, you know, I got some issues. Sorry. Be a hey, Baker, the are you worried about coaches or people looking at you as a leader on different teams brother you've been in the league long enough to where the players the receivers the coaches the guys that talk are either going to say yeah dude baker's a fucking leader yeah you know what he shows some immaturity but he's a fucking leader in the locker room and the guys buy in the guys drink his kool-aid that's what they fucking want to hear 
that's it. That's already been established. Whether that can change or not, now that's a whole other thing. But you, whether you said fuck those guys or not, that that's not gonna fucking move the, the mountain, <laughs> brother. So wear it, dude. Fucking wear it. I would. Uh, Baker's gonna fucking throw for two touchdowns. He's probably he might even rush for one. And uh, they're going to fucking put a beat down on the Browns and the Browns are going to fucking, do, they're going to be doing a lot of well, what ifs because Brissett is a, uh, he's a placeholder and a placeholder only. And the best and the uh, Carolina's defense is not bad. They're going to fucking, they're going to, unless Cleveland uh, racks up over 200 total rushing yards, maybe even 220, 240. They're losing this game and they're losing it by fucking 10 points. I love, I love Cleveland and I love the 10. Um, Jess Indy versus Houston. Houston is at home and they are a seven point dog. Who you got? You know how badly I want to take Houston right now. I mean, I just, I, I, the I, points are overall like, no, overall, like, overall. I just want to, I just want, I feel like I Dude, want to it. take Houston, Texas. You know what I mean? Fuck like, it, why not? They're this crazy story oh, that they, they had to go through the whole Deshaun Watson thing and then they had to go through some coaching st- uh, changes over the past few years. Uh, and now they have like this. They have this team led by this fiery leader at quarterback, Davis Mills. He's out I'm there all today. in on Mills. He's a youngster and he's got an arm and he's got a fiery streak, man. The guy gets super ready for I'm games and he's just in, right? I'm all in. They've, they've got some young pieces uh, like Damian Pierce, their running back. He's probably going to end up being their starting running back. Uh, they got a couple other pieces out there, some wide receivers, just the, the youth movement and all, all in general. But you know what? The Colts are just a well oiled machine. Add the fact that they now have Matt Ryan. I'm not saying Matt Ryan's going to put this team over the top. I don't believe that. He just has to not turn the ball over, Jeff. He's just exactly 1,000% right. He just has to not turn the ball over. He has to make good dump-off passes. You don't need 5,000-yard Matt Ryan. No, no. In, in, In Indianapolis, the way that they run their team, very much like the Baltimore Ravens minus the running quarterback. They are a run first football team. The offensive line is the biggest, baddest offensive line in the set up, NFL. Set a play, set a play action. Matt Ryan's beautiful with that. And and and, and Matt Ryan, uh, you you uh, John are out there running the ball. We'll give Matt Matty Ice some time to run those play action passes. And uh, Matt Ryan doesn't have the arm he had, you know, five ten years ago. But it's good enough to move the ball down the field when needed. He's got a couple good, decent tight ends. Uh, he's got Pittman out there at wide receiver and a couple other guys that can play decent uh, on the outs. That defense is also built to to kick the shit out of uh, NFL offenses. This team will do well. They're going to uh, eventually make it to the playoffs this year. That's one of my playoff teams, uh, the Colts over the Texans. Yeah, uh, like the Colts, don't like the points. Uh, this feels like one of those heartbreak hotel games for the Texans where Mills keeps you in the game and then Ryan fucks around and breaks your heart with like two minutes left and they run out of there with a four point win on the road. Um, the New York football jets are traveling to Tennessee. They are playing the Tennessee Titans. We were kind of wishy-washy on the Titans here. Jess, they are a five and a half point favorite across the board. Every single fucking website, every single betting book, Jess, who you got? Uh, the New York giants, the G men, uh, to put it in a very funny way, they ain't finding the G spot this year. Mm. Brian Dable is he Brian Dable 
problem. And, and, and I, I had Brian Dable in Buffalo, so I understand. <laughs> People say Brian Dable's a genius. Look at what he did for Josh Allen. He can do this for Daniel Jones. Well, for one, Daniel Jones and Josh Allen are not a mirror image of each other. Yes. Two, Brian Dable gets in Brian Dable's way offensively. He tries to be too cute. He tries to be smarter than the other guy on the, across the field from him and believes that he's smarter than the other guys across the field from him. And he gets in his own way. The problem when Daniel Jones is, uh, uh, you know, three, you know, third, third down and goal, and you're trying to run some weird fucking double sweep with your wide receivers in the backfield. Shit's not going to fly very well. Plus, the G-men don't have the offensive talent on, on, on that side of the ball to run a lot of the plays that the Buffalo Bills had when Dable was running them. Uh, I've got the Tennessee Titans. Again, uh, another uh, playoff caliber football team led by a decent quarterback with a uh, possibly extremely talented backup quarterback uh, sitting there with Malik Willis on the bench. Mm. And uh, they've got they've got uh, some uh, good wideouts. The, obviously, they've got if not the best running back, one of the best running backs in the NFL with King Derrick Henry. Uh, the Titans are going to roll this game. Yeah, five and a half feels low. Um, this feels like an eight point spread to me, at least. Tennessee easily eight ten point spread. Um, Tennessee wins and rolls uh, again. Uh, upper echelon uh, AFC South team versus lower echelon NFL team period. The Giants are going to fucking be bad this year. They're not, they're not going to win a lot of games. The Green Bay Packers and their wide receiverless team and Aaron Rodgers <laughs> versus the Minnesota Vikings. Jess, now, ever since we've done the podcast and I've been able to absorb 10 or 12 days worth of material, um, the talking heads again, I'm going to bring them back up. A lot of them like Minnesota. A lot of them are drinking that fucking Minnesota Kool-Aid. And I don't, and I'm not sure why. Uh, Jess, uh, one, one and a half across the board. Minnesota is at home. Who you got? I think it's easy to drink the Kool-Aid in, in Minnesota right now. I mean, they've got a, pretty, they got a lot of offense. They, they've got a lot of offense, a, a fairly stout defense. They're, they've got a quarterback who puts up four, you know, 4,200 yards every season. Um, their problem is mental, man. The, it's it's all behind Kirk Cousins and can he win big games? We've seen. Uh, I've seen that. De- I've seen that defense lose games too, Jess. It's not all Kirk Cousins. I've seen that defense lose games. The defense has lost games, but I'm just saying that overall, if you look at them, they're semi-built, uh, almost like the Tennessee Titans who we were just talking about. They've got a good game managing quarterback. They've they got, got running backs. They got two good running backs. They got pieces at wide receiver. They're stacked. They got receivers. They got way better receivers are definitely a team that uh, a lot of these NFL pundits can get behind and push uh, and, and, uh, and all, for obvious reasons. But here's where I was with this game. The Packers and Vikings, regardless of how good either team is, generally split in the season. They play each other a lot. Aaron Rodgers has faced off against Kirk Cousins a million times. Uh, and this time it's the Vikings at home. Well, I'm going to give this split to the, the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers go into many. I think they shock them a little bit. I think the Aaron Rodgers and his youth movement at the, the nameless wide receiver position is going to do some damage. Alan Lazard is not playing the game, which, which could be a determining factor. But I think that their rookie Christian Watson and Romeo Dubes is going to put on a show. I, I think I, I'm super huge on both those guys. Both those uh, wide receivers have a lot of upside. Big, strong, fast hosses out there. 
including the the Packers, are going to have probably a top five defense in the league this year. And so I think I think that they're going to get out. Shit. All right, so I'm, I'm going. I'm going all Green Bay this game. Yeah, I'm drinking the Kool Aid with you. I'm all in on Green Bay. I think this is a, at least a six or a seven point win on the road. This feels to me like more of a lower scoring game, maybe a twenty to seventeen, that real nasty NFC North type game. Um, and once again, the old coveted Rodgers has the ball with minute, minute and a half left. And he doesn't need Adams because he's just cutting it up with these random dudes. And we're going to spend that two-minute drill going, well, where are these guys the fucking first three quarters? Why, why did it take them so long to do this? But I, I, like, I like Green Bay, like 20, 21-17 or 24-20, something like that. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and Roland Wood Mahomes or Mid Holmes. Shout out our boy B Black 559, who I know Brian's listening to this. We'll be getting to his Raiders game next. They're playing the Arizona Cardinals. The uh, okay, so I see six, six, six and a half, five and a half, six. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I am looking at every website, whether it's DraftKings, Caesars, FanDuel, BetMGM, all your favorite degenerate sites. We're looking at every one of them here. Jess, uh, the consensus is at least around six points for Kansas City. Who you got? I like the six points. I can take the six points. Um, I like Kansas City. I think that uh, Arizona is going to start out hot, but the loss of DeAndre Hopkins for that first six games due to the PED use is going to hurt them at wide receiver. I know that they went out and got themselves Marquise. I love to go over 100 miles an hour brown. And uh, and, he, and he's going to be helpful. Trust me, man. He, he's great out of the slot. He is extremely fast, even on the field, just as much as, as on the highway. And uh, he can he's he's good. He's good hands guy. Um, they've got some pieces on that offense. The running back position is super weird. I don't know who they're going to run out there. Kyler Murray can't be running every single play. It's just bad news. He's going to run a lot the of them He's going to run a lot of them. Uh, yeah, unfortunately for Arizona, of Kyler Murray running and throwing the ball. Throwing the ball, that's fine. He's a quarterback. That's what he gets paid to do. Running the ball 15, 25 times a game, yeah. maybe not so much. But yeah, 12. Uh, I can even see Arizona jumping out to a hot start and having a small lead, maybe even yep. a half. I agree. But but Kansas City will eventually get on track. And remember, Patrick Mahomes has a bunch of new receivers too. He, he I mean, they they totally redid that whole wide receiver group. He's got a lot of new guys out there he's going to be throwing the ball to. Mahomes is a great quarterback, though. And great quarterbacks make bad receivers look good. So I imagine a second-half search for the Chiefs, give the Chiefs that, that six points or more. Yeah, this is a total Andy Reid creates stars uh, offense, and these receivers, whoever they are, they're kind of interchangeable parts. That's not me shitting on Tyreek Hill. He's a speed freak and an animal, and, and I think he's going to do well in Miami. But this is more about Mahomes just being really good, being put in the right offense, and again, at Reid just exposing the defensive weak spots. Man, this feels like a really fun fucking uh, like, like a heavyweight fight type football game. And I hope we get like a lot of back and forth between both of these offenses. I want this to be like 30-27 type of game. But uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to temper my expectations. This feels more like a 24-27, 24-20. 20, a, a lot of my scores today are right around that. I don't think we're going to get a lot of big offensive booms that first week. I think we're going to get a lot of teams working out the, working out the you know, working everything out, if you will. Um, figuring out what they are offensively, but I like Kansas City and I like the six and a half. I guess so. I'm gonna go. 
Uh, so let's say Kansas City breaks 30. I'm going to go Kansas City 30, Arizona 20, 21, 24. Ooh, that is right around the six. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, they are a three-and-a-half-point underdog across the board to the Los Angeles Chargers, who are a three-and-a-half-point favorite across the board. What this tells me is, one, Vegas fans travel well to L.A. Two, um, this is a pick em. Jess, who you got? It is a pick em. Uh The Chargers' defense got better, but their offense stayed the same, which isn't bad because their offense was pretty damn explosive last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders, however, got better on the offensive side of the ball uh, with their offensive line getting bigger and stronger. And then, of course, with the uh, the uh, uh, gaining uh, Devontae Adams, possibly the best receiver in the league. And on top of that, Derek Carr's best friend. So you've got the friend connection. you got – you know, Devontae all over the field catching everything. And then the, the defense uh, last year was pretty good for uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, that's why Max Crosby got paid. Uh, I You know what? I'm going to go upset in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, this is a, a, a lot of these games, like Jay said, are pick And uh, you can pick at home or away. Don't matter on a lot of these games. But in this game, I'm going Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to shock the world game, uh, at least in week one. They're going to come out. They're going to throw up a, an aerial display. You're going to see a lot of car to Devontae. And uh, big baller Waller is going to get involved. And uh, that lo- that Las Vegas offense is going to uh, – it's going to roll. It's going to roll high. Yeah, I agree with everything you say here. And I'm piggybacking off of you. I think Vegas wins. I think this is a high-scoring game. I think this is a game where we see both these teams get into the 30s or possibly first team to 30. I'm going to go something like 34-27 Vegas. I like it. Two games last, Jess, and then we are going to talk about your Buffalo Bills, and then we hit the wrap-it-up button. Not, I mean, Listen, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this game. I'll be honest with you. Dallas at home Sunday night. They are a two-and-a-half-point underdog versus Tampa Tam and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jess, who you got? So, first off, I got to ask you, because I haven't seen anything on this, but I heard that Dak Prescott's having a foot issue. He's playing. All right. I like Dak, and I think that any game Dak plays in, the Cowboys are in that game. I I have – for some odd reason, a very high respect for Dak Prescott. I really like that's Dak. Because he's good. That's okay. Yeah, I, I really like Dak Prescott. I think he's a good person. I think he's a, a really good football player, a wow. uh, really good teammate, all that stuff wrapped up into a John Cena-like, uh, you know. I, man, you made it before I did. You, you you connected the dots before I was able to on, on this beautiful <laughs> podcast today. Good job. So, uh uh, but with that being said, I just think that slightly the Buccaneers are, are a little better of a football team. And Tom Brady, the only thing that can really derail this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is Tom Brady and, and whatever reconstructive facial surgery Bucks happen every other week. Uh, anyway, Tom, Tom, you look sick, man. Go eat a burger for the first time in 15 years, please. Go eat a damn burger. Make it a double burger and put some cheese on that shit. Some jalapenos, Okay. Go with some of that hot mustard sauce. You're going to love it, man. You're going to love it. Uh, no, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I, I think that the Dallas Cowboys are going to do well this season. Uh, but this is a fucking monster of a week one matchup, even at home. Yeah, uh, I don't like Dallas this year. I'm going to probably be poo-pooing on them a lot. 
Don't like this game. They got a lot of banged up guys going into week one, including Dak, including that offensive line. Um, not sure what they're going to be doing at that second or third receiver spot. Um, maybe Dak, maybe the defense keeps it close. Maybe Tom comes out kind of mama mid and struggles a little bit because he wasn't there all preseason and wasn't there to get a lot of those practice snaps. I don't know. I'm kind of um, wishfully thinking here. Maybe the well, maybe we finally get that bad time of year and he comes out and throws four interceptions and, and digs. Uh, we get one of those monster expectations digs games where he has two picks, one for a touchdown. Um, this is the Cowboys fan optimistically thinking. I'm not sure any of this stuff happens. I'll take even one of those things. But I like Tampa Bay here, and I think Tampa Bay wins something like – I think this is going to be higher scoring. I think it's going to be like 27-20, 27-23. So I like Tampa, and I like the points. Jess, no reason to spend a ton of time on this, and I'm also no. going to sneeze. Uh, Denver, Seattle. Who you got? Right, that was great recovery, by the way. Great Thank recovery. <clears throat> Fought right through that, bitch. Who you got? <laughs> Six and uh, a half. This, Six this, and a half across the board. I don't see a seven anywhere. This is this is easy peasy, man. Uh, the Seahawks are going to be terrible this year. They have uh, apparently Pete Carroll thinks they have two number one quarterbacks, but I don't think that. I think they have like two number two, possibly number three quarterbacks. Seahawks are going to be bad. They ain't got nobody anywhere, not, neither on offense or defense. Broncos roll. Russell Wilson looks great in his first game in blue and orange. Uh, this is Denver by 10 to 13 points easily. And this is the Russell Wilson FU game. Now we're going to get these FU games, and this is one of them. Uh, Denver by, I don't know, 10, 13 points, maybe more. Absolutely agreed. All right. Hey, listen, we made it to the end of the show here. Jess, Buffalo Bills, Los Angeles Rams. I don't want to uh, deem this Jess gets to gloat, but I mean – we're kind of there, right? Uh, Buffalo <laughs> rolling on absolutely all cylinders. They look incredible. Nothing to complain about, Jess. Uh, <clears throat> maybe uh, some early hiccups early yeah. in that first quarter. But outside of that, they look pretty good, Jess. Give me those early thoughts. Uh, yeah, so I, I broke this game down after being elated for like two straight days. I broke this game down into a little bit more realistic version. Uh, the Buffalo Bills had a, a – had a, uh, mediocre first half led by a tremendously amazing second half. I think that the Bills have some things to clean up. Uh, they definitely showed, even in just one game, I think that they showed the the NFL world at least that they belong in that upper echelon of, of NFL you know teams and they belong in that uh, talk of Super Bowl uh, aspirations. I think Josh Allen, uh, he, he again, I think he played two great halves. I, I know that there was the, the two turnovers. Uh, you can argue which one was worse or better or whatever, but I think eventually what it breaks down to is Josh Allen had a really great first half and a really amazing second half, and he also belongs in that MVP talk, and I don't think that his gameplay is going to – going to drop a whole lot there will be games where he gets a little cowboyish and uh throws uh, a little recklessly but we're going to see more games where josh looks cool and calm under pressure and puts up uh game numbers like he did against the rams uh so to to switch the rams they got things that they need to clean up too first of all they need to figure out who's going to be their running back and how they're going to get the running back yards that offensive line looked just abysmal yeah just absolutely horrid uh, 
uh, the Buffalo Bills gained seven sacks to go along with something like 17 quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's been in the league for a long time, and he's hurt a lot. So uh, when your quarterback's getting knocked down at least seven times a game, not a good way to start your season. That offensive line play needs to get a lot better. Matthew Stafford. Stafford needs to get a lot better, or Stafford needs to get healthy. A lot of people I've talked to said that Matthew Stafford did not look right in that game. A lot Mm. of passes sailed over the heads of receivers. A lot of passes went to the feet of receivers. It looked like who's generally a pretty accurate quarterback was forcing a lot of passes that he just cannot. That's very uncharacteristic of Matt Stafford. So maybe there's something going on with that shoulder, maybe something going on with an Mm -hmm. ankle or a knee something is off about Matt Stafford and that's gonna have to be corrected even if that means he sits for a couple weeks to get healthy uh Sean McVay will will uh right the ship he is one of the top notch head coaches in the league he's not just a minded coach he's a brilliant head coach in general he will get that team back to where they need to be but week one was that powerhouse you know, heavyweight fight and the Buffalo Bills just went in there and uh, they did what they had to do. They got the win. And I think that in, in general, I think it meant more to Buffalo to win that game than it did for LA to win that game. So LA got their rings. They got their banner. The great show. We got old ass Aussie at halftime. And then the Buffalo Bills come out with a 31 10 win. Yeah. Uh, echo a lot of the stuff you said, uh, sans the, the Stafford stuff. I, I, I don't know if Stafford is injured as much as I just think when you lose two of your receivers, that's an issue. They lost Woods. They lost Beckham. Um, you can't rely on Cooper Cup to do everything, especially when they start kind of playing in with a defensive back as well as a, as a soft zone under it. Um, it's basically being covered by two guys. Um, I, it's then, and most importantly, it starts, it starts and ends with that offensive line. And this is kind of my worry with Dallas is, the Rams lost, I believe, two offensive linemen, and one of them is, uh, I believe, Stafford's blind side. That's a fucking big problem. Um, I wonder if the Rams are going to struggle this year offensively, and I think a lot of it's going to do with all those things that I just mentioned on top of the things you mentioned. But this is less about the Rams just being really bad and Buffalo just being really, really good, and they are continuing to roll on all cylinders offensively. They're going to be better with Jamison Crowder, and we saw that. They're going to be better defensively with the linebacker whose name escapes me right now, Von Miller, and we saw that. So they're going to be really good. Um, I saw a tweet from a a Dallas guy that said, man, as good as he looks in Buffalo and as great as he makes them, imagine how he'd look in Dallas. And I'm like, dude, fuck you right now. All right, seriously? We got our own problems. There's really no reason to fucking rub it in our nose, pal, all right? Uh, Jess, that's all I got. We can hit the wrap it up button. We did over an hour here. We did a strong 30, 40 minutes of football. We hit the Diaz Ferguson fight. I want to give you some time to post this. Shout out you on Twitter at JTT81. Shout out the show at Team Toss21. And of course, shout out me, Spell Valdez backwards 559. Am I missing anything? No, that's it. Thanks for anybody who listens to the show. Thanks for everybody who uh, 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 converses with us on Twitter. You all are great. We'll keep doing more shows. Football season's back. We got a lot more to talk about. 
And then, of course, eventually we're going to run into the NBA season again. So, yeah, man. A lot of football coming. A lot of football coming. Lots of football, though. Lots of football. All right, folks, that's it for me. That's it for Jay. We're out. We're going to spend the rest of the day doing stuff that we're supposed to be doing. Yes. Y'all go and be good. Peace.